Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 80. Who would have ever imagined it? Imagine going back and telling episode one me that we would still be here 80 episodes later talking shite to some of my favourite people on the planet. I genuinely still haven't quite wrapped my head around it. It's absolute madness but we've got an absolutely cracking episode today. I am joined by a very talented actress who has lots of stories to tell. Please welcome to the podcast Sarah Jane Dunn. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, fucked your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm thank you so much for coming on genuinely I'm such a huge fan of yours and was genuinely really excited when I got the email to say yeah she wants to do it oh oh, amazing well I'm glad yeah how's life because we're sort of really sort of coming out of this really weird situation of are we allowed Mm. out anything like that yeah yeah it's weird I feel like yeah it's been a weird sort of two three years now what has it been decade I don't know um but yeah I feel like we're we're coming out of the side of that and you know into some other horrendous stuff that's going on at the moment which I'm trying not to entertain too much because I just find it's you find yourself really helpless don't you and Mm. and sort of um yeah I try to be a little bit ignorant with with the news which is Mm. probably not the best way to live but it it, you know it serves its purpose for my well-being and sort of my family family's well-being. I stopped watching the news April 2020 like I remember I would watch it when we were first going into lockdown and I remember because I live on my own and my parents live at other ends of the country and I would watch I remember watching Boris put us into that first lockdown and it was so depressing and two seconds later my dad phoned me and told me everything I needed to know so I was like right anything that I actually really need to know he's gonna phone and let me know so I just stopped watching it yeah yeah it's too much isn't it my husband reads everything which is great because then one of us is informed but I literally say the same to him I'm like anything that is really important and relevant and need to know then then let me know but anything else I'm gonna sort of live in this yeah. this ignorant <laughs> list yeah but what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And it doesn't have to be a professional role. We love a good nativity story or a secondary school play story. Yeah. Well, so I, my first, like, I guess my passion for acting um, came about at high school. I was um, obviously in the, the youth theatre at high school and loved it. You know, I had a really gorgeous group of friends. A lot of them I'm still really close with. And it's just a really special time. I didn't really enjoy school um, at all until my final year and my final year absolutely loved Same. yeah isn't it starts law it's sort of like hated it hated it hated it and then final year I was like this is the best thing ever and then it's all over before you know it and, and I think it was because of drama for me like I found my vocation I found my passion I found a way of expressing myself I found a way of having fun and, and doing something that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. And so the, the first sort of production we did was West Side Story. Loved it, obviously. Getting to be like, I think I was one of the Jets. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, just had the best time. And 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 I think for me, that was that. Was that. And then we did, oh, I'm going to forget what it's called now, but we did 
another production um like the following year and the same thing I absolutely adored it and and for me then that was where I was like this is I have to do something in this industry in this vein where I can have this form of expression and this creative freedom Mm. I I was the exact same and we done Greece and not not something that people know about me I have um a fear of singing in public like I can't sing and it totally just like we had to do singing classes this year in uni and I had full-blown panic attacks got excused from the entire module yet and it's not stage fright because I can get up and I can do other things like if you said to me oh we need you to quickly just jump in there and just do something for this crowd while they wait for I don't know Dawn French that I can pull something out my ass and just go and do it but I think it's because I know I can't sing and I can't control the the shit that I'm doing um so I've just got a public fear of it so I kind of hated doing the musicals but because I was the only sort of boy that really did the musicals in school I always got a main part like I was one of the t-birds I was um Ryan in high school musical so I was like always fucked regardless of what was happening and then one year um teacher was like right in the summer we'll do a Shakespeare play and we done Macbeth and I don't know, I'm not in a theatre, I can say it, it's fine. Um, And I got the the lead role and I fell in love with it. And I was like, why can't we do more of this? I have to sing the words. Yeah, Yeah. instead of we're all in this together. Um, But yeah, so then I sort of was like, this is, because I went through this really weird phase of, because I loved English and drama, because that was just my teacher's influences. And I wanted to be a writer. And then I realised that I didn't like writing books, but I liked writing plays because writing plays is more to the point. So I sort of yeah. dabbled in that. And then I was like, I'm going to go and do an acting degree. I'm going to go and do an acting degree. Yeah, but it, it's just, it, it's a really weird thing that it sort of, because everybody I talk to, it comes from school. Yeah, I think it's the the nostalgia, isn't it? And mm. that and that sort of, I guess in that sort of adolescent age, you find yourself, you either love it or you hate it. And I think if you love it, you really, really, really love it. And yeah, because I'm saying like no one in my family really is is a performer. Like I've got had a few like big characters in the family, but no one that's done mm. it professionally. And so I think it was quite a shock. And especially like I was quite a shy child. So for me, when I, you know, wanted to do this and for my parents to see me in those shows and then for me to, you know, start working professionally in, mm. in the industry, they were really shocked because they were like, but you're so shy. But I was like, yeah. this is where I can, I don't have to be me and I can mm. be someone else without the fear of judgment. And I think mm. that's where it, where it all stemmed from. I've also found that, sorry to all the listeners, this is getting very deep. I've found that people who make it in the professional industry tend to have very obsessive personalities everything's all or nothing because if I look at my GCSE drama class was I the most talented no but I was the most hardworking, the most like I had the determination and I'm the only one I think I haven't kept in touch with everyone from my GCSE drama class that has pursued this as a career some of them have gone off and done music and things but I think yeah I'm definitely the only one that has taken acting to a a higher level than sort of education so I've just found that we're all just obsessive people and we can't stop I'm a perfectionist 
so for me I think it's that I have to have to do better and I have to improve all the yeah. time and I have to prove to myself that I can do it. It doesn't matter about anyone else, but I, if I am given a challenge, I'm like, no, I have to have to do it because yeah. if I don't do it then I'm a failure and you know, <laughs> the whole world's going to fall apart. If I, you know, get this part exactly right. This was the first time I actually I've encountered this problem while I was doing my research. I, I don't know if you went to drama school or not, because I feel like you joined Hollyoaks really young. So I feel like you didn't go to drama school. No, I didn't. So I started in Hollyoaks when I was 14. So I didn't have the opportunity. So mm. I was still in school, um, high school and working. I was filming. I was doing schoolwork. I was like splitting my days between both. It was really difficult, actually. At the time, I absolutely, you know, I just did it because I didn't want to lose the role. And I loved the job and I hated school, like I say. So <laughs> I just sort of I was like, this gives me an out. You know, if I can do this forever, <laughs> this is great. Um, and then who needs GCSEs? Yeah, exactly. Who needs those? Um, but no, I got my GCSEs, did very well. And then um, I thought at that point, right, great, I can just sort of, you know, just carry on and, and, and do the job now and film. And actually, the production company wanted me to go to college. So I was like, okay, so the college were really understanding and they let me just take two A levels instead of the minimum of three. So I did English and drama, obviously, English language, drama. And I was never there because suddenly um, I was, because I turned 16, they were using me for filming all the time. So they yeah. told me to go to college and then I was never in college. And obviously doing something like drama, you have to be there because it's all practical. So I ended up dropping out of college after six months, even though I was absolutely loving it. But I just, the practicality of doing it was um, non-existent at that time. Um, and then I never stopped working. So yeah. I never had the opportunity, the option, the, you know, it was never something that would have been available to me to go to drama school. And actually I learned on the job. Um, and I they think- They say that's the best way to do it. I do feel like that with TV. I mean, like I've done theatre as well and absolutely loved it, but I feel like maybe I felt a little bit out of my depth when I first did theatre, because I felt a little bit like I was the only one that hadn't been to drama school and hadn't studied and I was really learning at, you know it was 20 25 I think when I did my first theatre job so it was really like oh my god I feel like I'm completely out of my depth here but yeah. I, you know did it loved it but with TV I think you have to be on the floor you have to be doing it to learn it because it's such a difficult thing to teach and I don't think many drama schools do actually we teach. had like three classes yeah. And it, it scares me, actually. And this is more recent. We just we're our uni is really good in the fact that they have a massive audition and rep module. So we audition for shit tons of industry professionals. Um, and I had an audition the other day and I'd done two monologues and the brief was two theatrical monologues. So I was like, cool, I'm going to do a Shakespeare and I'll find something. And I've done like maybe two or three camera classes in my life and I've just never really done it. And they then went can you do this as if it's on screen? And I just went, yes, and tried my hardest in to do what I thought was screen. And then I was having a conversation with one of my lecturers. I don't know if I should put this in or not because it's like massive invasion of privacy. <laughs> and he was like, you just didn't do anything differently. And I was sort of like in the back of my head, well, I, I don't know what I'm doing. That's why. Because you've not been taught that. Yeah. And I think it is like, it is. TV and film is massively technical and there's so many technical terms and you go onto a TV set. So my husband was an actor. And so we, when we first met, we met on a theater job and, and then and, um, he got a role, a couple of roles on TV shows. 
And I was having to say to him, like he was coming home to me and going, oh, like they said this and what does that mean? And what? And I was like talking him through all of the terms and all the yeah. things. And when you're on a set, they just throw things at you and da da da. And you, you really need to be taught that because it's so, so, so fast paced as well that you need to know like crossing the line and continuity and um, you know, hitting your mark without looking at it and all these things that we get on a TV set and they just presume that you're going to be able to do it. Mm. I'm definitely sort of at that point where now I, I graduate in the summer and I'm like, okay, so over the summer, we're doing some TV classes. We're doing some film for, yeah. for camera classes. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there that yeah. wants to swap some classes for some free advertising on the podcast, emails down in the show notes <laughs> below, get in touch. But do you know what, right? After you've saying that, it's, I think there's nothing better because you're saying you dropped out of college and doing your drama A level. There's nothing better than being a drama school dropout. Best thing in the world. There you're you part go. of an elite group. You can now become an official drama school dropout. We're now on Patreon and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official drama school dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official drama school dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. I, I want to talk about Hollyoaks now because it's been a massive part of your career and it's been very in the news recently about your time at Hollyoaks but I want to go right back to mm-hmm. the beginning and you said that you went in when you were 14 and what was the audition process like? So I I think I did three or four auditions so there was probably about 15 girls to begin with um all we were all very similar looking they were sort of looking for a blonde brunette obviously like 14 15 the role was um someone that was younger but could looked older so I remember I had dressed myself right up and put makeup on did my hair and wore like a nice outfit which I've kept actually I've still got it somewhere for nostalgia reasons um and yeah just had to, I think the first one was just reading the script and then the second one was reading with um a couple of the other girls and then the third one was like a real <laughs> the director at the time who was in the audition was a real sort of like um, theatrical director and um, and he he was getting us to do improv and like I remember how to improvise getting something out of a box and do this mime thing and like little shy 14 year old me was completely I was terrified and I was so nervous but I really wanted the job and I think it, it you know it's testament isn't it that you sort of when you want something so badly you will put yourself so out of your comfort zone yeah. To, to do it and obviously it paid off you know I, I then got I got down to those three of us in that final audition and then I got offered the job. I always find that talking to people about the process of creating the the end product is more interesting than talking about the end product sometimes. Do you have a, a favourite behind the scenes moment and I know you you were in Hollyoaks for a long time so any like if I said to you in 20 years time what was your favourite behind the scenes moment what is the first moment that comes to I think it will all my favorite shoot on the show will always be I was very lucky then we went to Rome and filmed filmed for 10 days in Rome and it's the one and only time that I've ever been abroad with the show in 26 years so again like there were yeah. lots of abroad shoots and it's the only one that I was invited on Rome's not a bad one to go on is it though well, exactly. And it was with Nick Picard, who at the time was my character's partner. And it was, they were going out to Rome to get married. So it was a beautiful shoot. Like, you know, we went 
out and I was in a wedding dress and um yeah we were there for 10 days we had an Italian crew um as well as some of our own crew and they were amazing and so just that whole experience mm. so Ronnie stop it it's my dog scratching the door um <laughs> but that, that whole experience was just just incredible and it's one that I will like never never forget um yeah see I don't know why this has just came to mind one of my um favorite films is the Truman Show I don't know if you've seen it and in that they get married and it's um it all sort of unravels because she's got her fingers crossed in the wedding picture and I don't know why this has come to mind this might be the stupidest question ever but see when you get married on a tv show is there anything that has to be in place like this is not legal like, even though it's Mandy and Tony and that's not your real names. Like, is there anything in place to be like, yeah, this is purely pretend? And no, there's not actually. But then I think when you do actually get married in real life, you have to go and register the marriage yeah. and it's all very legal before you actually get married. So, because I think there's none of that in place and it's not yeah. an actual, um, I don't know what the word's called, but you know, when someone is actually uh, legally allowed to marry somebody. Um, no, and also you never do full ceremony obviously you just yeah. see the um do you take this person you're now man and wife it's only the ever the interesting bit it's not all the blurb admire mcqueen standing um, up and shouting at everyone i mean i think if, imagine that like the amount of time that people have been married on soaps to different people i think my character <laughs> three times i was like really and, yeah. and she didn't even divorce from the last one they failed to uh, write that into the storylines it's like she's getting married she's not she's not divorced yet okay we're going to ignore that all right then all right, yeah. all right. um so last year, and if, if you don't want to talk about this, let me know. Um, last year, you started an OnlyFans account, and which led to you being fired from the show. And what was the first that you heard that production maybe weren't happy with what you were doing outside of the show? So there's a real bigger picture with this, which... Nobody knows, <laughs> as per usual. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's all the stuff in the press, and there's all the interviews and stuff that I've done, but then there's also, like, a bigger picture and for legal reasons, a certain stuff I can't talk about. But anyway, just in like, as a sort of bigger picture of what happened was this is something, my account, my OnlyFans account, something that I didn't do on a whim. It's something that I was thinking about for months, something that I discussed with the program. They were aware of it. And then I set it live. It was live for a week, did really well. I did um, a lovely podcast with Natalie Anderson, who is another actress chatted about it you know got loads of support like the, the support was overwhelming it was really positive and then I got called in for a meeting with work who were then like mm. so then it was just like a bit of back and forward really in that you know it was something that they were aware of and suddenly it was an issue and I was yeah. like well I don't understand why it's an issue you know it's the images I'm putting on there are the same images that I was putting on my other platform, but I've just moved them behind a paywall so that one, monetize it, two, I have copyrighted the images, and three, actually it's protecting younger people because the platform is over 18, so anyone under 18 can't see those images. And if we're if we're sort of talking about it, I, I've said enough about Hollyoaks to know I'll never get a job on there, so I'm just going to say it. It's very hypocritical of them because I remember being very young and it was... Georgie Porter and Gemma Myrna and all that. And it was very much like a lad's mag calendar. Like they weren't naked, obviously, and there was nothing on show. But from what I can gather, so's your OnlyFans. It's the same. And yeah, exactly. It, it just it boggles my mind. Do you think it's because they weren't getting a cut of the money? Like, is that what do you think it is? 
it's it's got to boil down to something like that something financial something because essentially you know those shoots I've done all my life have been mostly because of the show you know we've done calendars we've done lab there's been a lot of things that have you know it's been implied on the show itself there's been a lot of things that have been implied like the the boys were half naked every episode we were in bikinis and underwear for most of the episodes it was always implied that Hollyoaks I remember there were even rumors going around that they didn't hire actors they hired models to make it more aesthetically pleasing yeah I think that was true for a lot of yeah I think that was true for quite a few people you know a few people came in that had never done anything before. And actually, that, that was a good thing about the company, though, in terms of cast and crew. They were very good at giving people yeah. chances and opportunities. And, and and that, I think, is great. It was a great, you know, stepping stone for people and leg up. And, and people have gone on to do incredibly well off the back yeah. of it. And and I think that's amazing. Again, crew as well, you know, some directors came on that had never done anything. And now they're flying and doing incredible work and incredible shows. And... I think that's a really positive thing. Mm. But yeah, it, it's one of those that you sort of go, well, actually, I've done this this stuff for years. A lot of it was to do with you. Um, you know, a, a lot of the Instagram accounts still, like my my images were on there prior to that. And now I've purposely moved all of my sort of like underwear, bikini shots onto my OnlyFans platform to keep my Instagram more wholesome, more clean, more sort of like family-friendly family friend, fitness, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, but if you look at other people's accounts that are still on the show, and this is no not detrimental to them at no. all, but it's the same sort of images and they're out there and they're, they're all right with that. But because mm. it's behind a paywall, suddenly it's it's an issue for me. And, you know, it's one of those things I was, you know, I wasn't massively happy there anyway. Um, and I think I would have stayed forever. So maybe I needed a push. Not how I would have wanted it to happen. It's not ideal. You know, you never want your name to be associated with being fired. But the support I've had and the positivity around it and the fact that I stood my ground and I feel like I definitely made the right choice for me and for my family um, outweighs all of that for me. I don't think anybody's putting your name, like when you say you don't want to be associated with being fired, I think everybody knows that you would, it's not like you've been fired for misconduct or for being yeah. unreliable. I think we we sort of, we get the deal. and Everyone it's, knows the story. Yeah. And it's sort of, that's what leads me to believe, like you said, other cast members have similar content on their Instagram, which isn't behind a paywall. So that leads mm-hmm. me to believe that they're just butthurt that they're not getting a cut of the money. Because obviously, I'm not going to sit down and ask you for your bank statements or anything. You're obviously doing well enough to support yourself. And so something is happening that they're now like, oh, shall we start a Hollyoaks OnlyFans and say she can't do her own? Like... Mm-hmm. There's mm. something up with that. And I've said enough about Hollyoaks to know that I'm never getting a job off them. <laughs> it was when um it was when Curtis and AJ came on. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, oh yes, yeah. Yes. I that... mean, I I I I did I wasn't privy to a lot of that, but I saw, you know, obviously it was sort of impossible to avoid that, wasn't it? Mm. And I, I just feel sorry for for the for the lads. It's I, absolutely you know. nothing to do with them because no. if if anybody gets contacted by an iconic national soap you're gonna say yes especially mm-hmm. in a pandemic where work is scarce you're gonna yeah. say yes my thought behind it was there are people like me who have trained and I'm not necessarily saying give me jobs but I've got friends that can't we can't get a foot in the door yeah yeah and then it's yeah. it, it's stunt casting is what it is it's Love Island and Strictly trying to steal some of that audience and it it just didn't sit right with me. No, and it massively backfired. 
because it just got slated for it and then and then you know it, it was sort of it, it's detriment it was detrimental to the the rest of the actors on the show um because it it makes you look mm. silly <laughs> hollyoaks have always been trailblazers they've done like the first male rape storyline the first like coming out storyline they do really good stuff like nancy and her ms and all that but then they do stupid things like that and it just I think that's why Hollyoaks maybe doesn't get taken as seriously as the rest of them, which is a shame. Yeah. Because there are some incredibly talented actors. Like I've become, through this podcast, I've become friends with some of them. I, I want to ask you this question and you don't have to answer it, but because of the terms that you left on, do you think if they phoned you in a couple of years and said, do you want to come back? Would you say yes or no? I think they've, they've answered that really. I think, you know, for me, I think I needed that closure and I think it's given me that closure now I wasn't I didn't particularly like what they'd done with the character in the last year I was really a little bit lost with her and struggling to understand what why she'd done what she'd done and she covered up a murder and shit didn't she she was so out of character and there wasn't a big enough reason for me to go oh yeah but I get it and and now it doesn't make sense at all that she did all of that stuff to protect her daughter and then she's just Left. She's gone to America, apparently. Mm. Um, so, was there ever so, yeah. any, uh, was there an option for you to film exit scenes or were they just like, that's it done? No, no, it was an immediate termination. Yeah. Wow. You sort of, <laughs> like, I look back at that and you, you may not end, you may not end on the best of terms, but there's sort of an integrity to the show and the character, isn't there, the way they should have said, yeah. like, listen, I know it's not, we're not, we're not friends right now, but do you want to yeah. come in and do you want to, at least let's wrap it up properly. Yeah. Not even for me or for them, but for the audience. And I, I know that I sort of like, I didn't watch it all when it happened, but my mum, bless her, watched it. She's like, well, I want to see what they do with the character. And even she was like, she said, oh, I've just seen a load of stuff online and everyone's really upset and disappointed with what they've done. So even if it wasn't for me or for them, like just at least wrap mm. it up properly and give it some sort of like finish um you know they at the moment she apparently she hasn't been killed off but yeah I don't think it will be me reprising the role if, if she ever returns yeah which is a terrible shame to be honest because I mean they were they were latching on to the good few actors they had left <laughs> I don't watch it anymore I'm fully aware that I dropped yeah. off during I dropped off during the breeder storyline when Parry Glasspool got killed off. I was like, oh. this is the stupidest shit ever. If you were booked to do a one-month run in the West End in a two-person show, and the casting director came and said to you, Listen, we've got enough money that it is we can just throw shit to the wind. We don't have a co-star for you, but we've got enough money to pay anyone. Who do you want to be your co-star? They have oh to be alive. God. Ryan Reynolds. I'm a fan of that answer. I, I I just I love him. I mean, I just think he's incredible. He's an incredible actor, but also I think you would have the best time because he's hilarious. Yeah. Well, for everyone that's returning, will know who I'm about to say. And for everyone new, I have a campaign going. Please go over to Catherine Tate's Instagram and ask her to come on the podcast because uh... I, even though she would make me look like a piece of shit, fully aware that if we were ever on stage together. I would look like a piece of shit and the reviews would be like, Catherine Tate, great, boy on stage, shit. Like, <laughs> fully aware. But I am, I, I just love her so much. I, I genuinely just love her. So please go over yeah. to Catherine Tate's Instagram and just ask her to come on the podcast. She doesn't even need to come on stage with me. 
another one that I'm sort of liking asking now because I, I masquerade it in a way that it's advice the, for the audience, but it's really advice for me. Um, we're coming up to graduation season now, and on average in Britain, there's seven and a half thousand people that graduate from drama school every year. What would be the one piece of advice that you would give to everyone entering the industry this year? Um, be ready for rejection and don't take it personally. I mean, yeah. you've probably heard that a million times, but it is, it's the one thing that is the hardest thing to deal with because um, you will spend, you know, hours preparing for an audition, researching, putting your heart and soul into it, and then you can walk in a room and straight away you know they don't like you and you've not even opened your mouth yet. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's it's soul destroying, but you just have to keep going and keep your chin up and just keep believing in yourself and trusting that you know what you're doing and doing everything you can to just mm. hone your talent. So whether that's, you know, keeping up um, classes or uh, looking into something very specific and working with different, there's some great... Um, classes out there where you can meet the casting directors yeah. one that I've done when I've been in between jobs and you work with the casting directors and I've booked jobs off of those classes because you've met them face to face you've had you know a whole hour with them being able to not feel pressure to land a job and just to be able to perform so I just say get involved with as much as you can the rejection is horrible I remember we just had our showcase in January and they were like showcase isn't going to change your life you're not going to you're not going to um, like be a fully working actor after showcase. And I was sat there like, we'll see. We'll see. Because yes. I'm great. <laughs> I, I am great. And I remember the day after showcase, it was a Saturday. So I was like, right, nobody's going to be working anyway. But one of my friends got an email during the show. Like we were backstage and she got an email from an agent mm -hmm. during the show. So then I was like, I'm just going to pop to the loo before I've got to go back on ran to my dressing room, refreshed my emails, nothing yeah. there. And then I was like, right, so the weekend, nobody's going to be working, that's fine. Nothing came, nothing. Uh, I think a lot of it is to do with timing as well, yeah. like right place, right time, meeting the right person. So I think just getting out and about is really mm. important as well, because you don't know what connections you're going to make and who they're going to know. And, 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 and really just like putting yourself out there for opportunities, even if they're unpaid, because again those unpaid things can then go towards someone yeah. seeing you, liking you, and then booking you for a job or, you know, an agent seeing you. So it's just, yeah, it's tedious and it's hard work and it's it's um, it's a tough industry to be in, but if you love it and you're passionate about it, then it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, 100%. I just remember the way that I've sort of got myself now is that there is only a certain amount of work that I can do. And then the rest of it, has nothing to do with me and it actually more matters on who's sitting in the audience. Yeah, 100%. We're going to play a game now and this game okay. is my favourite thing in the world. I have devised uni performances around this, everything. Okay. So it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite and it's three stories that have been sent in by our listeners. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And one of them has been made up by our producer. And I have the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it, so I can play along. Some of these favourite things in the world. And just a little exclusive, they're all going to be in a coffee table book by the end of the year, so keep your eyes out, everybody that's listening. Just plugging all of the products today. Um, number one, my lecturer in uni was a huge fan of the show Dan's Moms. Each week, our entire class was ranked with our headshots on a pyramid. Number two, 
I once hooked up with a guy during Freshers Week. The week after, we were having a class get-together to go over lines, and the same guy started flirting with me. Long story short, he had forgotten that we had already slept together. Criminal. Number three, our uni lecturer decided that we were going to do Animal Farm for our end-of-year show, but decided that as an extracurricular activity, the entire class was to learn how to make different kinds of origami animals to hang above the stage. But here's the kicker. We were to make 10,000. What? <laughs> yeah. What? No, no. I don't oh, know. I feel like the Dance Moms one is a bit far-fetched. I, yeah, I was going to go with Dance Moms until you said 10,000 origami, and then that made <laughs> me go, no, no one could have expected that. I mean. But maybe. Um, I've heard, I've heard I've, worse. I've Dance Moms. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love Abby and Dance Moms, I don't think anyone in their right mind ranks people on a pyramid. But see if it's true, I want to speak, I want to see it happen. <laughs> like, I just want to be a fly on the wall. And I hope that each week, I don't know if you watch Dance Moms, I, I love it. Um, I hope that each week it's actually Maddie on top of the pyramid. Oh, I don't watch it. I oh, you need to watch it. Oh. I'm going to watch it, okay. The drama. The, okay. the dra- it's like the original Real Housewives. Right. Is it American? Like, yeah. The dance moms. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like Abby Lee Miller, she just screams and shouts at kids. And then the moms scream and shout at Abby Lee Miller and they have fights. And it's great. Drama rama. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably they're all in therapy right now, but right. great TV show. And each yeah. week they're ranked on a pyramid. So the worst kids' headshots are at the bottom of the pyramid oh, and the God. best kids' headshots at the top. Yeah, definitely in therapy right now. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's what I'm, I think that's what yeah. they're meaning oh, by yeah. they were ranked in a pyramid. I don't know, so maybe some of the teachers I went to school with possibly would have mm. been that cruel. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to say Dance Moms. What are you going to yeah. go for? You don't You don't yeah, have I'm to come with moms. me. No, no, yeah. I do. I want to. It's my gut. <laughs> yeah, no, because I feel like the rest of them, definitely the guy forgot that he slept with her. Definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's accurate, yeah. Definitely. And ding, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner. I love it when I get it right. Yeah, definitely the dance moms. I knew that one was fake. And I knew that one was fake because me and Heather have been watching dance moms recently. Ah, there you go. (laughs) So she's definitely got that idea from somewhere or the timing was incredibly great. We've come to the end of the podcast now, but where can everyone find you on social media? Um, So on Instagram, well, most of my social media handles are at Sarah Jane Dunn. So Everything's in the show notes below, tomo- uh, below tomorrow. Don't know why I'm saying tomorrow. Everything's right. in the show notes below as well. Perfect. Uh, yeah, that's that's my mm. handle for, for literally everything. Yeah. So you'll find me there. Or if you follow me to somewhere else. But thank you so much for coming on. Genuinely, like I said, been a huge fan of yours. And I'm really sort of glad not sort of glad I'm really glad that everything worked out after Hollyoaks because I I can only imagine that there was a bit of uncertainty of have I made the right decision and yes yes you did yeah yeah oh yeah definitely definitely did but no thank you thanks for your support as well appreciate it but I will let you get back to normal life now I am going off to do uni work which I mean I I would rather sit and chat to you all day but I'd imagine you've got more important things to do and my lecturers will kill me (laughs) 
And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 80 completed. Jesus Christ, how have we got to 80 already? It's absolutely mad. Thank you so much to Sarah Jane for coming on the podcast. It genuinely means so much. And do you know what? It was such a great conversation and we got to talk about bits that we wouldn't necessarily talk about on the podcast that aren't really to do with acting such as the only fans stuff so please go and support sarah by following her on social media doing all of that stuff and also make sure to follow me on social media because i mean why not and remember if you're feeling extra generous please leave a rating and a review on the podcast go down below click the five stars leave us a lovely little comment why bloody not it's bloody free so please go and do it because it helps us out so much you don't even no and remember if you have a story for stage right or stage shite please email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com and remember also also lots of remembering it always makes me feel dead awkward when i say that but remember you can become an official drama school dropout by heading over to our patreon page and signing up there where you'll get access to loads of exclusive benefits like early episodes getting to choose which episode comes next and a heap ton of other stuff. I don't even know if that's a correct term, but here we are. As per usual, you know this month we are doing double drama school dropout to celebrate me turning 24. Jesus Christ, that's depressing. So this is a Tuesday episode, and I'll be back again with episode 81, and I think it's the final episode of double drama school dropout for 2022. So please come back on Saturday and check that out, because it's a really good episode. And like I always say, have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Bye. Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course. Now try something new. Drama school dropout.